Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, you guys. <laughs> my Ciao. name is Kayla, and I am stressed. And my name is Kristen, and I am over this, and we haven't even begun. <laughs> guys, we just spent two hours figuring out technical stuff because Guam is about 8,000 miles away from where Kristen is. And yeah, but the thing is, my Wi Fi is the worst. Out of yes. everybody's Wi Fi, mine is the worst. So, yes, I'm gonna have to take it back to the old days and get an Ethernet. Period. Period. So, thank you guys so much for coming back to the show. We were gone last week because Kristen didn't want to record for Thanksgiving week, mm-hmm. and I, I respected off. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're back and actually this week's case is the case that i wrote for last week so we're gonna get like the thanksgiving feel um from it for this week so i'm excited so a couple things before we start though if you follow us on instagram please turn your post notifications on mm, instagram be scamming and they're trying to force us to pay just for like our followers to see what we post, which is completely ridiculous. So like, if you don't huh? want to miss anything, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you don't want to miss anything, please turn your post notifications on. We appreciate it. We also want to announce our first ever Patreon giveaway. We announced it on Instagram already, but if you haven't seen it, yeah, it's happening. For every tier $3 and over, we're giving away a prize, a merch prize once a month. To one lucky patron like once a month you guys that means you have 12 different chances to get something free are and you kidding year. me yeah are you kidding me <laughs> so, join patreon just join us join us you have until the 14th of this month to be entered into december's giveaway so mm-hmm. and if you want to know the prizes check it out on instagram because we posted them already Mm-hmm. We will also be doing a giveaway for everyone right here on the podcast, and it's going to happen January 1st. So if you want to qualify for that, you just have to write us a review on Apple podcast and send us a screenshot. You can DM us, you can email us, whatever you want to do. And if you've already written us a review because you're just on it you really really bang with us like that that's okay just send us a screenshot of the review you already wrote and you'll be entered in and if you wrote a review and it wasn't so good in the beginning but you're still <laughs> listening to us because you rock with us then write a new review that's actually a good one or your current emotions about the show that'd yeah. be great change your mm-hmm. review because you know you fuck with us because you know <laughs> Special thank you to everyone that purchased merch during our Black Friday sale. Y'all went crazy and we are so grateful for it. Every order will receive a free gift in their package as well. I just, I do a lot. I'm St. Nick. But it's literally that time of year. So who else am I going to give shit to? I don't have friends. Like me. (laughs) Where is my merch? I have a couple things coming for you, sis. Absolutely. And then one more one more thing before we get started with the case. If you are in the Philly area and need a dope photographer, you have to hit up our girl at Haley underscore photography. Kristen, please. She does incredible work from maternity shoots to content promo. She got you, period. Our girl at H-A-I-L-E-Y underscore photography. What's up, Haley? Hey, Haley girl. All right. You guys ready? Let's get into it. Okay. Being aware of the real meaning behind Thanksgiving has divided Americans in many ways, from the way we celebrate to even choosing not to celebrate it at all. But ultimately, we usually take this time of year to feel extra thankful for our family and our friends. But what happens when someone chooses to enact revenge instead? Join us as we discuss what happened in 2006 in a little Oakland apartment on Thanksgiving Day. 
Join us as we discuss the Mahari Thanksgiving murders. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a doozy, you guys. In this case, there's a couple things I have to tell you before we get into it. The names are a bit difficult because everyone involved is from Ethiopia or Eritrea. So I really struggled with the pronunciation, even though I practiced a hundred times and I didn't want to keep pronouncing people's names wrong. So we're going to do this. There's a man named Asmaram and there's a man named Tawodris. We're going to talk about them a lot. I'm going to call Asmaram ass. I'm going to call Tawodris titties. Okay. Very easy to follow. Ashy titties. (laughs) And it worked for me. And once you guys know more about the story, you won't find it disrespectful. Okay? First of all, it's disrespectful, period. Second <laughs> of all, I did not know she was going to do this, y'all. I had no <laughs> warning. No heads up. So I don't agree with this at all. But I rock with her, so I'm going to rock with this. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll agree later. All right. Mm-mm-mm. Asmaram and Tuodris also known as ass and titties, are two brothers out of a total of 11 siblings. Kristen, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, listen, get your giggles out now. <laughs> That's all I can say. If you guys are on Patreon, you see Kristen f- f- flopping over from laughter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. My do you expect me to hold it together? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't expect it to be this funny. To be fair, I wasn't expecting Kristen's crying, everyone. Kristen's crying. I just don't understand how I'm supposed to sit here and have a straight face while she's calling two grown men ass and titties. All right. All right. All right. But I'm going to do my best. Oh, 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 hold on. Let me, because you know I have a crying face when I laugh that hard. <laughs> okay. Okay. That is a hot mess. <sighs> Sorry, guys. It just Not came to me and I had to do it. Mm-hmm. So both both of them were born in the early 1950s and 60s and were of Eritrean descent. Kristen! Whew, let me gather my bearings. <laughs> okay. What happened in Black history in the 1950s and 60s? Okay. So we are going to the land of Africa. Okay. Ah. Now, now, for those of us that are in America, most of us have not gone to the motherland, which is where, quote unquote, we are all from. Although some of Everybody, us believe- all, all of us, including yes. the caucus. Okay. And the Indians and everybody else are from mm-hmm. Africa. So that's what we believe. Mm-hmm. So picture this, guys. Up until the mid-1900s, Eritrea had actually been owned or controlled by the British. Mm. On December 1950, or in December 1950, under mm-hmm. the prompting of the United States, the United Nations decided to vote on the Federation of Eritrea and Ethiopia, which means... They wanted to vote on whether Eritrea should become a part of Ethiopia. Mm. With the majority vote, they decided to go ahead and join Eritrea and Ethiopia in two years time. Wow. Now, I can't even imagine how much opposition, but also how many people probably wanted this to happen. I know there was a lot of people on both sides. We're going to get into it. This proposed federation would give Eritrea autonomy or the right to rule over itself under its own constitution and its own elected government. Period. Which is weird because it's a part of Ethiopia, but maybe it's like like a state government here, you know, like mm-hmm. even though we're a part of the United States, we still have state government. I thought I thought Eritrea was a, a separate country. It's like they that Eritrea and Ethiopia share a border because Eritrea has its own like state capital and everything. So you're going too far, but yes, Eritrea is now its own. Yes. But back then it was merely a province or a piece of land um, that was not autonomous yet. Interesting. Okay. Meaning it did not rule over itself. Right. Okay. 
So the UN and the Ethiopian emperor at that time prepared the Eritrean constitution, Mm -hmm. which I find really weird that they didn't even ask for the assistance of the leaders of Eritrea at that time, but I digress. No surprise. No respect. And the leaders of Eritrea were elected all by September of 1952. So the constitution and the elected leaders of Eritrea had all been formed within two years, September 1952. One of the things the Eritrean constitution sought to do was establish an equilibrium between ethnic and religious groups. At the Mm -hmm. time, the major religious groups were Islam and Christianity. They often butt heads, butted heads. Right. right. But they often got into it. (laughs) Right. So the constitution even made Arabic in this language that I cannot pronounce, and I think it's called Tigrinya. The official languages of Eritrea at that time and local communities could actually choose which language they wanted their children to be educated in. Nice. Both Christians and Muslims were appointed to state offices, but this balance would soon be destroyed by Ethiopian interference. And obviously, as most of us know now, Muslims were given the short end of that stick. Mm hmm. Now, Ethiopia was very sneaky because even though Eritrea was supposed to have autonomy, Ethiopia was doing little things to undermine that. They were trying to eliminate any traces of separatism by Eritrean individuals or um, Eritrean independence leaders. They would actually go and harass the leaders of the independence movement until many of them fled the country. Whoa. Right. They also suppressed all attempts to form actual autonomous Eritrean organizations. Political parties were banned. Trade units, trade unions were banned. And the Eritrean government was even renamed to the Eritrean administration. Whoa. Rude. In- inconceivable. That's what it is. <laughs> inconceivable. <laughs> Eventually, on November 14, 1962, about 10 years later, the Ethiopian Parliament and Eritrean Assembly voted unanimously for the abolition of Eritrea's federal status, making making Eritrea now simply a province that Ethiopia had, I guess, possessed. Wow. So it took away its right to be its own entity. Which was yeah, the whole absolutely. point of the federation, or so they made it same. Ethiopia banned Eritrean languages and education, and they replaced those languages with the Ethiopian language Amharic. To mm. no surprise, Eritrea began the long fight towards independence against Ethiopia, which is a whole other ordeal that we cannot get into today. Okay. So maybe later. So that is what was going on in the land of Eritrea and Ethiopia back in the 1950s and 60s. Wow, Kristen, that was really, really good. And that's that's kind of well, thank you so much for that trip down history lane. For sure. And thank you for all the future trips that you are going to take and the deeper dives that you're going to take on Patreon in the new year. So watch out for that. That's coming. Right. So as we said, ass and titties were from Ethiopia and Ethiopia is where the two brothers and their nine siblings spent their childhoods. At the time, Ethiopia was in the middle of a war and life was not easy for the citizens, as you can imagine. So as Naran, who was the second oldest, decided to leave Ethiopia in the early 80s and headed over to America. For a better life. America. America. He came here and lived with some family in Oakland that he had. And honestly made like a good living apparently because he was able to get his oldest brother Abraham over here. And then he was able to get the rest of his nine siblings, including his mother. I will say this story makes it seem like it is just so easy to come (laughs) to the States. And I know for a fact it is not. Kristen, the furthest from it. It's not Mm -hmm. easy at all. And I've obviously oversimplified it because I don't know the details of how to get someone over here. But even in the 19, what is this like maybe 1980s? It's still incredible that they were able to do this. In 1998, while on vacation in Ethiopia, Abraham met a beautiful young woman named Wenta Mahari. 
they fell in love and she actually ended up coming to America with him and he ended up helping her get her entire family over to America. Okay. So Abraham was real one. Abraham. Like literally yeah. many, many sons. <laughs> okay, so if you're looking at the picture on Patreon, it's Winta in the middle, Regby, her mother on the side. Her two twin brothers, Mahari and Angusam, are on the end, and then Giannis is in the middle, and she had another brother named Yefram. Giannis is a cutie, and her mom is adorable. Adorbs, adorbs. So yeah, they look like they were a close knit mm-hmm. family, and they looked happy. So in two thousand four, after they were married, I think they were married for about two years. Winta and her man Abraham. This is Abraham. They Ooh. had a look. Ooh. Oh, okay, <laughs> Kristen's mm. so fast and loose. <laughs> Your bald headed granny. They He's went on attractive. Okay. They went on to have a son named Isaac. So that was really, really cute. And mm. Winta loved, loved, loved being a mom. She really took on her role. So everything seemed really happy and seemed like it was going in the right direction for a good amount of time. During this process of getting all the families over to America, the two families, meaning Abraham's family and Winta's family, they actually grew so close that they lived in the same apartment complex together. They spent a lot of time together, birthdays, family dinners. It was really just like one blended family, which is really, really cute. Mm -hmm, Yeah, because it's mm -hmm. like... Who needs friends when your family lives upstairs and downstairs from you? So cool. And you like get along with them? Mm-hmm. We have no idea what that's like. So Abraham, Winta, and Isaac were the only part of the family that didn't live in the same apartment complex. They actually lived out in Berkeley. And I don't know too much about the area, but I know there's like a college out there. That's UC really Berkeley? like, yeah, prestigious or something like that. So I'm sure it's a nice area, but we all know that good things don't last forever. And unfortunately, in this case, that's exactly what happens. In the early morning of Wednesday, March 1st, 2006, 42-year-old Abraham, which was Winter's husband, who was a seemingly healthy man at the time, suddenly fell extremely ill and just died. You guys. Mm -hmm. Winta called 911 telling them that her husband was not breathing. And once she hung up with 911, she called her family and then the Jabressa Lassies. So the Jabressa Lassies is Abraham's family. That's their last name. Mm-hmm. An autopsy conducted by a pathologist, Thomas Rogers, was inconclusive. And the toxicology report was negative of prescription and street drugs. So didn't seem like he had any drugs in his body. Coupled with the fact that there was no clear evidence of foul play, Abraham's sudden death was ruled to be caused naturally. So in other words, he died of an unknown natural cause. Literally, they have no idea what may have led to it, which is super scary to think about. Your body could just be like, eh, no thanks, and just give out on you. That's hard to believe, but I know it's happened before. Yes, but it's also hard to believe because it's like usually the coroner can say, okay, a heart attack happened or Mm -hmm. something led to the death, but they said it's inconclusive. So it leaves so many questions. So, so, so many questions. And naturally, the Jabressa Lassies were heartbroken by this. You know, this is the patriarch, I guess, of the family because there's no... Mm -hmm. There's no dad that's mentioned. And they're all distraught and desperate for answers as to what happened. So this led to As and Tesfu, which was another one of his brothers, to actually meet with Berkeley Police Sergeant Robert Rittenhouse. Ugh, that fucking Ugh. last name. Whoa. I know, right? The timing. Probably related. <laughs> Let's be real. He, I knew, we don't know. I knew- I knew he had somebody working for him on the I should have known. (laughs) (laughs) So they met with Robert Rittenhouse, Sergeant Robert Rittenhouse, to discuss their belief that their brother did not die naturally, but was murdered. Like, how do you jump to murder? I mean, when someone, a healthy person just dies out of nowhere, you're going to think some foul play was involved. And right. they believed that Winta was the one that did it. 
or at, at the very least, at the very least, she had something to do with it. And that's the jump I'm talking about. It's like, okay, so yeah, maybe they were close knit, but maybe Winter was doing some things that was like kind of sketchy to the bros. So when yeah. something like this happened, she was the first person that they looked at, you know, yeah. maybe they had some yeah. mistrust there. And that's what I was thinking the whole time I was researching this case because no information is available regarding Abraham's death because obviously they didn't think there was suspicious, you know, activity involved. So I didn't know if they found information about Winta, if she was having an affair. I just don't know. And as you guys saw, Abraham was 40, 41, I believe. And at the time, Winta was only 26. So oh. there was a significant age difference that may have played a part in what they thought about Winta. Oh, wow. They thought she was a thought yeah. pocket. Let's be real. Just in it for the money type of thing. Because as you can see, Abraham was a very put together man. He was doing well for himself to be able to help financially sponsor Winta's family to come here. So... Wow. Who knows? If she did have something to play, like, that is very, there's no gratitude there. Because it's like, mm -mm. he brought your entire family over here and you're going to kill him? Mm, that's rude. That's messed up. That's messed up. Sergeant Rittenhouse reviewed the autopsy report, the 911 calls and reports, and he even interviewed Winter herself. So it seems like he was doing the best that he could to really look into the family's concerns and do his due diligence. He even spoke with a Dr. Rogers, who was a pathologist the Jebrasselassie family had hired to take a second look at the initial report. So they were spinning coin. I mean, they really, really wanted to know what happened. After his interviews and further investigating, the sergeant told Ass and Tesfu that Abraham's death did not appear to be a homicide and that the investigation would be officially closed. Wow. Ugh, so can you imagine the disappointment and probably the anger that was associated with hearing yeah. that pure outrage like absolutely my oldest sister passed away and nobody knows how she did i'm kicking right. through doors <laughs> i'm getting into trouble i'm going to be causing a scene a ruckus for sure, everywhere mm -hmm. that i go mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so obviously this answer did nothing to soothe as his mind or his suspicion because he still felt like he knew when to have something to do with abraham's death now, you may be asking, you know, why? Why would Winta kill her husband? Even if she didn't do it herself, why would she let someone else do it? Especially when he's providing for her and her son. Like, hello? Well, Asmaran felt like he knew two different motives for why the Mahari family would want Abraham dead. And now, yes, it's not just Winta anymore. He's changed it to the entire Mahari family being involved. Mm hmm? Okay, there's some type of conspiracy going on that you need to fill us in on. I'm going to let you know all the tea. So he believes that they wanted him dead because, one, the family wanted to prevent Abraham from disclosing that Marharwi, which, remember, is one of Winter's brothers, was secretly gay. Ooh. So Ass claimed that Abraham knew this, was going to out him to the whole entire family, and the Mahari family was like, this isn't going to happen. We're going to stop him and take his life. The other reason he listed was that they wanted to collect on his insurance policy, which isn't surprising at all. We all have heard that motive. Right, 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 right. I'm still stuck on the whole gay thing. Like, I'm trying to think in the 80s, was it that serious to kill oh. somebody before they outed you? Oh, it was serious. In the 80s, I feel like that's kind of when the AIDS like freak out was going um, on and stuff like that. So it was, and then not to mention Eritrean and Ethiopian culture, you know, mm -hmm. they probably were not accepting of it at all. So mm -hmm. that's probably where it more so came from. Okay. As started behaving like his assumptions were facts and would repeatedly confront the Mahari family about it. He questioned Winta's mother and brothers twice about what happened that night, and he wasn't satisfied with their answers, obviously, so much so that he kept coming back to them and becoming more aggressive. So the family just had to put their foot down and be like, listen, he's not available at our homes anymore. He's not welcome. If he comes back, we will lock the door and call the police. 
So to say that meant that this man was really making them feel like there was danger associated with his actions. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you guys are on Patreon, you see the man that is Asmaram now. Wow. And he, he looks horrific. He looks pissed. He looks stressed out. He looks like this is taking a physical toll on him. Yeah, seriously. I feel like he something looks angry. I feel like something in his psyche broke when his brother died. It just yes, something snapped. Like, he looks paranoid, just tortured. Yep, yep. In mid October, about six months after Abraham's death, Yefram, which was one of Winta's youngest brothers, said that Ass and Tesfu came to his job and told him that they discovered something about his brother Mahari. According to Yefram, Ass then said, "Quote." You guys have murdered Abraham. I'm going to murder you. Straight like that. Not beating around the bush any longer. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like he he came right out with it to watch your back. Yep. Yefram said he continued to insult their family and didn't stop or even think to leave until Yefram threatened to call the police. So he's just getting more and more brazen. And then about a week and a half before Thanksgiving, Ass and Tesfu stalked and approached Mahari while he was at the Oakland Library and showed him emails from a gay website claiming that this proved Mahari was gay. And even went as far as to accuse him of molesting Isaac, you guys, which is Winter's two-year-old son. Stop. I can't stop. I can't like, who, like, I'm trying to see what private investigator, like, how are they fishing through this man's internet, IPA address <laughs> to find out what he's looking up? Like, IPA how, address. like, they're willing to go very far to talk crap about yeah. Yefram. Not about Yefram, about Mahari. Because they're saying Mahari was the one that was gay, and that's okay. who Abraham was threatening to out. So I don't know why this is so much of his damn business as to who this man may or may not be doing his thing with but you know it's giving really bothered it's really giving really bothered and to pull isaac in that it's getting spiteful it's getting i'm fishing for anything to prove literally you are the ones who killed my brother literally and according to ass so he talked about what happened that day, and he said Mahari admitted to not only being gay, but also to molesting Isaac. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for half of a second. But he also said that Mahari begged ass not to tell anyone. And I'm like, if if this is something that you're so concerned with, right? If you're so concerned with Mahari not only being gay, but possibly hurting your nephew, wouldn't you go to the police with that information if he admitted it? You know what I'm saying? But it's like, that's not his goal. His goal is to get them for the murder of his brother and he won't accept anything else. Wow. So I just, I just think it shows that his, his judgment is very clouded to yeah. not even give a crap if, you know, Isaac is being touched inappropriately yeah especially if you have proof like if you have proof that this is going on the least you could do is get mahari under the jail cell for that but he's like he's like i'm past that like i want blood yep i'm so confused like this is confusing (laughs) it's a lot it's a lot so just stick with me and you guys you guys out there listening stick with me too i know it's a lot so Mahari's description of what happened was that Ass called Regbi, who is Mahari's mom and Winter's mom, a prostitute and said, quote, that bitch mother of yours and you guys are the ones that killed my brother. So it's just, it, I need more information. I need more information as to now is that bitch mother? Like, where is all of this energy coming from? 
And it's like, what is his other nine brothers, eight brothers doing to like, are they egging mm-hmm. him on? Are they telling him, yo, ass, you're doing a bit much, like drop yeah. it. Like, is he the one that's going insane or does he have a community of people who are having his back? Right. I feel like he is, he's getting confidence from other people around him for sure. I definitely mm-hmm. feel like that's what's happening. But they're just not being as active about it as him. Because Tesfu is obviously like with the shits. He's going everywhere, pulling up on everyone with ass. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Now, I know at the beginning of the episode, I referred to ass and titties, which was ass moron and Tuodris. And we have only really been talking about ass and Tesfu acting a damn fool. Well, Tuodris was never present for any of the confrontations. And he never really said anything bad about the Merharis. He was described as someone who wouldn't hurt a fly and even said later that he and the Maharis constantly visited each other and spent time with each other after Abraham's death. Wow. Yeah. So he didn't take that. He didn't take that same stance. And he was even still invited to their family gatherings and their home and stuff. And he went. So it's like almost taking a stance to ask saying, yo, like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Well, so he was aware of Asmaron's suspicions, obviously, but didn't necessarily share them, I guess. Mm-hmm. He said that he felt it may have been someone outside of the family, someone that Winter possibly knew, but he wasn't completely sure. And he felt like Ass's like little pushy investigation was only making the situation more dangerous. So he was basically saying, if it's true that the Mahari family killed Abraham, why go and antagonize them even more? So as a precaution, he said that he made the whole family like change the locks on their apartments so the family couldn't have access to it anymore. And Titties bought a gun as well. So I guess the fear was really active with these people. But yet he would still go over there to their house. I know. I just didn't understand that. I did not understand that. But maybe like, it was because he still wanted to see his nephew because his nephew Isaac is the only part of Abraham that they still have. So, you know, who knows? I'm almost thinking like maybe Titties decided to take a different approach where ass was more like raw, 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 like men usually are. And Titties was Mm -hmm. more like, no, let's be stealth mode. Let's be smart. Let's be strategic. Let's make our enemies our friends and see if we can get in and figure out something that way. Yeah. It's very maniacal, though. I don't know if he's like that. They say he wouldn't harm a fly. Well, we're going to get there because... After everything they thought that they knew about Titties, it was a complete shock to everyone when on Thanksgiving Day, he opened the door to the Mahari's home and he invited the devil in, Uh a.k.a. Ass. Ass. Ass, yep. On the afternoon of Thursday, November 23rd, the Mahari family gathered at Rugby's apartment to celebrate Thanksgiving and share a Thanksgiving lunch together. In attendance was Regby, Winta, Isaac, her brother Angesam, Mahari, Giannis, and Yefram. And then Miss Gina, who was a cousin of Ass and Titties, was in attendance as well. Hmm. But apparently she only stayed for like seconds. According to witnesses, she literally came in, got something to drink, and left after a few minutes. So that's a little fishy. Mm-hmm. It's a little fishy. But right before she left, Titties arrived. And guys, he didn't just pop up. He was invited, apparently, by rugby. So when he got there, he greeted everyone in the apartment very nicely. He had conversations with Angesim and Giannis, and he even commented to Winter that Isaac was growing up so fast. He was so fake. I'm literally like, like, giving the squinty eye. Right, because I'm like, this is premeditated. So why are you trying to act cute? It's giving me, like, I know what's about to happen vibes. Yeah. I don't know. Titties then got a plate of food and sat in a chair next to the TV while Angesum, Yefram, and Winta all sat on the couch right across from him. So at this time, Giannis was sitting at the computer table near Winta and Mahari, and Mahari was on the phone with their eldest brother named Yosef, who lived in London at the time. So Rugby was sat next to him and him being Mahari on the stool and she was using like a portable burner to prepare 
like a Ethiopian coffee thing, which mm-hmm. is cute. I'm just trying to explain this to you guys to kind of give you a visual visual mm-hmm. of how that apartment was. And then two-year-old Isaac was sitting with his uncle titties. Okay. I don't like saying two-year-old and titties so close together. You start okay. <laughs> is what you get. Okay. Well, two-year-old Isaac was sitting with his uncle to Odris and playing on his uncle's phone. So what happens next would be a main point of contention later, spoiler alert, at the trial. But what is known is that Ass arrived at the Mahari apartment shortly after 3 p.m. armed with a 9mm semi-automatic pistol. Shots were fired, and when the smoke cleared, 50-year-old Regby, 28-year-old Winta, and 17-year-old Giannis would all be found dead from gunshot wounds. No. Yefram was shot in the ankle and Angerson was severely injured when he jumped from the third floor apartment window to escape. Wow. I this rather... was an ambush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was an ambush. They had no way out. Either just before or after the shooting began, Titties grabbed two-year-old Isaac and fled the apartment. And he went to his mother's house, who obviously, you know, lived close by in the same damn complex. Asmaram also returned to his mother's apartment. He then called 911 and claimed that he had shot multiple people in self-defense. Self-defense. You ran up on them. Like You ran up on them. Are you defending? Oh, he thinks he's defending his brother's death. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can't just shoot people. No, you you can't. This isn't the wild, wild west or like... Or the hood, the hood of where Chicago. Where you came from? Like, <laughs> like that's, what? Like, if things went down like that, where you can kind of take Justin's into your own hands, like back where he like grew up, you cannot do that. You can't do that. You've been here in America long enough to know that's not acceptable behavior. But he knew it wasn't. That's why he called the police on himself and, and said, lied. <laughs> well, <laughs> but he still said, "Yo, I shot these people." Yeah, yeah. He apparently begged the police to arrive quickly because people had been hurt. Oh, God, it makes me sick. During the search of the apartment, police found two guns. They found a Lorsen 380 automatic rifle that had actually been reported stolen and a Luger car arms 9mm registered to one of the Jabresta lassies. So it was registered to that family. Mm-hmm. meaning Abraham's family, meaning Ass and Titty's family. Right. The Lor- the Lorson had six live rounds in its magazine, but the chamber was empty. So that means the gun wasn't used at all during this attack. Okay. And after all the ballistics were tested and everything, the fatal bullets came from the Luger. So we do know the Luger, which was owned by the Jabressa Lassies. The Lassies. Okay. But it's not a surprise. What's his name? Ass already admitted to the shooting. Right. Ass would later admit to bringing the Luger to the house, to the apartment, but deny that he brought the second gun. So that gun must have already been there before he arrived. And it'll come out that it was true that that gun was there before. Titty's cell phone was found by the chair where he had been sitting, and it ended up being next to Giannis's body where his body fell. Asmaram and Tawodris were questioned by homicide police early the next morning on November 24th. Titties waived his Miranda rights and spoke with Sergeant Hams Morris for about three hours, which only 21 minutes of it was recorded. I don't know why they do that. I think it's very sketchy, but whatever. He said that he suspected foul play was involved in his brother Abraham's death, but he just kept everything inside. Which is crazy. See, that's what I'm saying. You cannot trust. You may think your enemy doesn't want to be around you. No, your enemy wants to be your best friend. Okay? You got to watch all the snakes in the motherfucking grass. Ooh, that is so vindictive and sneaky. And evil. Like, evil. And the thing is, even if they were responsible for his death, right? Because for me, I'm like, I feel bad that they were murdered. I do. But do we still not know what happened to Abraham? Absolutely. It it still doesn't mean that they deserve to have their lives taken, period. Especially the mom, like right. rugby. Like, even if she knew something, she didn't deserve to die. Like, and then the Send little- Send her ass to jail. 
you know, and then the 17 year old, like, and then the, the, the guy that you quote unquote thought was gay, Mahari, mm-hmm. he was able mm-hmm. to get away, thank God. But it's like, right. I just feel like he was doing things in more of a blind rage than actually yeah. being calculated about who he was trying to, well, I can't even say that. He was trying to get them all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll kind of get to it later. He claimed that he was invited to Thanksgiving. So he meaning titties. Mm -hmm. He was invited to Thanksgiving after running into winter and rugby the day before. At the time of the murders, he said he was playing with little Isaac when he heard Yefram yelling at ass, which surprised him because he was like, ass should not be here. He didn't even know that he was going to be coming. He then said Yefram pulled out a gun and Azram started shooting in the air, which it's like, no, he wasn't. Like, if you have a gun being pulled out on you, you're going to automatically shoot in the air? Make it make sense, because it doesn't. No. <laughs> Apparently, Titties heard one shot, grabbed Isaac, and ran out. That's according to him. <laughs> Ass, on the other hand, was only questioned for an hour and half of that time he spent talking about how the Maharis had murdered his brother. Because he gives a shit about nothing else. He's like, blinded. This is, a deep, this is a deep, deep love. It's become an obsession figuring this out, which I can yes. understand. I can understand losing a family member so tragically and unexpectedly. Who knows how we'd react, you know? He had his mind made up before he walked in there and set off gunshots. That he, he sure didn't did. care if people confessed or not. He was going yep. to kill. Yep. The little that he did say about the murders was that Rugby opened the door for him and then just stood there, but then later changed his story to sitting down in the home after Rugby had let him in. So this is already contradicting this story Titties just told them. So they're like, okay, these motherfuckers are lying. Mm-hmm. This is when he admitted to the murders, just full out admitted, saying that Winter was, quote, the most evil wife and the most evil human being on this earth. Good Lord. And then he followed it with the Maharis were, quote, the most evil family in the whole world. Like, what does he know that we don't? Kristen, it seems like he knows a grip more. It seems or, because if we think or about he's it, delusional. <laughs> well, Kristen, that could be, like I said, a break in his psyche. But if you think about it, they helped her entire family get here. Right. And then what? Maybe five, six years later, at most, he's just completely he's dead. And then like, there was a life insurance. Right. Like there's mm-hmm. so much plausible cause for the Mahari's. <laughs> Plausible cause. Probable cause. Thank you. <laughs> I got you, my, girl. I was going to say, like, it. I can see where he thought that, boom, these people must have did it. There's enough probable cause to, to understand mm-hmm. that they were the closest people to Abraham. Who else would have got Abraham? Right. But I feel like maybe ass was always the kind of unlevel one of the group mm-hmm. of the brothers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when this happened like you said maybe it just kind of brought out the worst in him he was yeah. always the nut you know he was always mm-hmm. ready to pop off but this kind of sent him over the edge yeah i really wish we knew more about that family <sighs> dynamic dude <sighs> this is why i want to document everything that i do okay Police felt they had enough evidence to charge both ass and titties with three counts of first degree murder. They were charged with a few other things that we'll get to later. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday, November 28th, people gathered at Berkeley High School, the school Giannis attended, and mourned his death. From the turnout, it really seemed like he was a really special kid, like not just to his family, but the whole community. And he was so cute and young. And it's just heartbreaking. I can't believe this fucking happened to him. There was, there was also a sign posted asking for contributions for the public from the public. Um, they needed about $30,000 total to get the three bodies back to Eritrea for like a proper, you know, cultural burial. And mm-hmm. I think they managed to make their goal because oh. from the, from the tombstones that I did see, they had, you know, Eritrean writing on it. So 
Hopefully they had made their goal. Wow. In January of 2007, Winta was posthumously, posthumously, posthumously. Sounds right. Posthumously. Awarded a bachelor's degree in business administration from California State University, East Bay. So mm-hmm. at the time of her death, she'd been working toward her four-year degree and she was supposed to graduate literally of June of 2007. So eight months from the time that she was killed. Rest in peace, Winto. Rest in peace, Rugby. And rest in peace to Giannis. Rest in peace. I don't understand. <sighs> like, I really wish there was just anything in relations to how the family dynamic was before Abraham was murdered or killed yeah. or passed away. We don't know. We don't know, bitch. We don't know. Ass and titties both entered not guilty, please. And guess what? Unstable ass. <laughs> Decided that he wanted to represent himself. So, okay. It's clear that he's probably a little bit of a loon. Yeah, I was saying, you see what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) and it's clear that he was always a little nutty. Yeah. And by the time the trial happened, I think he's like 47 years old. So this is extremely weird for a grown-ass man to be behaving in this type of behavior but whatever Mm -hmm. we've seen it before while serving as his own counsel he made several outbursts toward the judge forcing the judge to not only ban him from the courtroom for a full day but to also appoint him an attorney to represent him so it's like you're clearly not cut out for this you need somebody (laughs) up your ass because you you're gonna be fucked if you do this yourself Mm -mm -mm. So the prosecution's angle was that Ass murdered Winter, her mom, Winta, I'm sorry, her mom and her brother as an act of revenge for what he felt was the murder. We all know of Abraham because he keeps telling every single person that will listen. Mm-hmm. And that his brother Titties helped him do this by first signaling to him when the Maharis were gathered and then second by letting him into the house. Mm-hmm. Which is probably exactly what happened, but mm-hmm. let's let's go on. Angesum, Mahari, and Yefram, which are Winter's brothers, also testified that they saw the Jebrasilasi without any provocation shoot at the family. So there's like living witnesses. So it's yeah, hard to like, just say, oh, this didn't happen that way. Yeah. You know, he was saying self defense, and they're basically mm-hmm. saying self defense, my ass. Self defense, we my ass. Chilling. And you just came in. We saw you. Glenn, I see you. <laughs> Yefram testified that while wielding two guns, so Yefram thought he saw ass with two pieces, he came into the house and said, everybody here killed Abraham, I'm going to kill you. And this was after Tuodris made a phone call, okay? So Yefram claims that he saw Titties make a phone call, and then he opened the front door, letting ass in, and then left with Isaac. Wow. So it was all like in one fell swoop. In and out. Mahari testified that he only saw ass with one gun and that he mm. didn't say anything at all before he started shooting. So mm. mm-hmm. these discrepancies these little, will come yeah. up. Yeah, it yeah. will come up later in the appeals when it gets to appeals. Sorry for spoiling. They do get convicted of something. When it was Asmaron's turn to take the stand, he first refused to answer any questions, <laughs> stating that the jury had yet to hear any truth about what actually happened that day. He said, quote, people have been misled because the truth has been hidden from them. I would like them to know the truth entirely. Okay, sir. Asram, do you know the truth entirely? Because he doesn't know, because he doesn't know, bitch, how to tie his shoe. At this point, he's lost it. I mean, (laughs) good Lord. Like, he is so indignified. Like, he believes his actions were completely right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I knew, I know what happened to my brother. I, I enacted revenge. That's it. But he's not claiming revenge. He's claiming self-defense. When they asked him why he wanted an interpreter, which I think is completely fair. Hello. If your first language is not English, you should not be interrogated or tried or any of that stuff without having an interpreter present. Amen. That's just a fair that's a part of having a fair trial amen so when they asked him why he'd like an interpreter his response was quote this case is about our society 
about things that are acceptable and not acceptable, things that are disgusting, sodomy, homosexuality, end quote. Yeah. So here we are. He said his culture was an interpreter. It's because his I feel like speaking to someone that understands the culture, speaking to Mm -hmm. someone that can relay the importance of culture to everyone else is what he was trying to get to saying that in our culture, sodomy and homosexuality are completely unacceptable. I get it. He's basically trying to say there are mitigating factors that you all are not privy to Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. don't reside in our culture. So I need somebody who can interpret it to you. So you understand. Correct. But also homosexuality is not a mitigating factor. You know, ass wipe. Like, I'm sorry. If you want that to be a mitigating factor, you're in the wrong country. I'm about to say, take your ass on. Because Somewhere it is else. not going to work here. Nah, <laughs> like you can. No, that's just not going to work. Not nope. in the court. Next. Next question. When he finally did follow the judge's instructions to actually respond to questions being asked to him on the stand, Ass testified that the only reason he killed his in-laws was because he was physically attacked. And he said that he came to the apartment that day because Winter had invited him. Lies. Lies you tell. Why he said he thought even like you. No, she doesn't. <laughs> he said he thought this was suspicious. And when he got there, he was almost immediately attacked by Yefram and Mahari. He also claimed that Mahari fired a gun at him first and that he only shot back to defend himself. Hmm. But so, you shot back enough to kill everybody named Mama. Their literal Mama. And if Mahari shot back, where is the gun that he shot with? Everyone that was in that home was injured. There wasn't a way that Yefram could have taken the gun and hit it because he was shot. So where is this gun that you were fired at with and then the fact that he blames Mahari, which is the person that he's claiming to be gay like i'm like you really have an issue yeah it's deep-rooted hate and i don't like it and i'm pretty sure titties when he first talked to the cops he said yefram answered the door and had a gun yes yes he said yes he said yefram pulled the gun he did so there's lies all over this Mm mm-hmm and it sucks that the Mahari brothers didn't have their story straight because it also seems like their little discrepancies had a part to play in the yeah. trial. Not yeah. knowing if he had spoke before, like that kind of discredits their scores, their stories, unfortunately, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully the jury was understanding that um, we just went through something so traumatizing and lost three family members in one, you know, in a matter of seconds. So I'm sorry if I don't remember if the shooter cussed me out before or not you know what i'm saying like i'm sorry i didn't even think to pay attention to who was talking while we're having a party in thanksgiving like yeah yeah come on now yeah he said that they were angry about the jabres Selassie's plan to not only out merhari but another one of winter winter's brothers as being homosexual and that that's why the family lured him to their place to kill him on thanksgiving <laughs> it's just real i mean he's reaching for the highest branch bitch not even something that's realistic in my opinion ass also testified that he'd practiced shooting at a gun range about six or seven times before the murders and that he made sure the gun was loaded before he even went to the to the house <laughs> so then why would you say that so like most so like you're an idiot like most murderers <laughs> like are you trying to are you trying to show some bravado like what did you say that for girl part of him is proud of what he's done Absolutely. that's what i'm saying it's slipping out and times he's not expecting <laughs> absolutely the defense really didn't have a leg to stand on okay there was zero evidence that any of the maharis ever fired a gun which would Mm -hmm. directly speak to ass's claim of self-defense so in regards to tuotis because it's his turn now his defense strategy was basically to lie and deny (laughs) he he claimed that he knew nothing about ass's plan and had no part in the murders i just don't believe it i don't believe it i don't believe it we we know no we don't 
Like, no. are you kidding me? You made a phone call. You took the only person that you really loved in that whole room, Isaac, and left. The only and product left. of your your dead, you know, brother. Brother. And you're out the yeah. door. Mm. Mm-hmm. Make it make sense because it mm-hmm. doesn't. So this didn't sit right with any of the jurors. And honestly, anyone with a brain. No, it's not going to sit right with you. Hello. Because you sit here and say, oh, I didn't know that he was going to shoot people. Yet you let him in the home. Yet you knew to grab Isaac. You didn't even try to save these people's lives, you know? And imagine if there was another child there that wasn't related to Abraham or the Jabresselassies. Don't you think they would have been fair game? Like, this could have gone either way. And I feel like if that happened, they really would have been like, oh, yeah, titties has something to do with this. Titty has something to do with it, period, because if you're always over there without Asmerum because you know how they feel about Asmerum, yeah. why would you all of a sudden let him in the door or invite him in this moment? You know yep. the vibes. So now you want to switch up? Suspicious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely suspicious. In 2011, an Alameda County Superior Court jury found 47-year-old ass and 36-year-old titties guilty of murder. <laughs> Guilty of murder, premeditated attempted murder, and false imprisonment by violence. And both of them were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, child. Wow. Yeah, as they should. They killed three people. Earth to everyone. (sighs) You know what's crazy, though? I'm... I don't know, like, the ins and outs, but from what I hear, I love how this story ended up because, one, Ass was the one who was blatantly being an ass, Mm -hmm. and, of course, he was the one who killed the people. So, great, you're in jail. To Woldress, Titties probably thought, if I'm sneaky, I can find a way to not be linked to what's about to go on, and his Mm. strategy was being sneaky the entire time. But guess what? Even the sneaky ones get caught and get thrown their ass in jail, too. So I'm actually really happy how this ended up if and only if the Maharis truly did not have anything to do with the murders, um, the murder of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you're not going to be happy for too long. Uh-oh. On July 22nd, 2011, Ass wrote a letter to the judge basically going the fuck off. I'm just going to read a portion of it. I'm just going to read a portion of it now. <laughs> And if you're on Patreon, you'll be able to see it. I'll include a little snippet of it. So here it goes. Your Honor, there is no doubt that the prosecutor, Miss Leventis, misled the jury during the course of my trial. She was injecting into the proceeding prejudice against me. She is very manipulative, unethical, and unprofessional. She even willfully induced her witnesses to commit perjury in order to win her case. There is no question or doubt that she committed subornation of perjury. Particularly egregious was the way she maneuvered law enforcement officers such as Officer Fry, Sergeant Morris, and Inspector Beale into testifying falsely under oath. Thus, not only did the Maharis commit perjury, so too did law enforcement officials. Such prosecutorial misconduct is of great concern because it undermines the credibility of the judiciary itself. Nice try, ass. Nice <laughs> try. I'm going to give that to you. You're right. 50 and years he, old and you're articulate. <laughs> I was saying, and he had the words to match. This is a man who feels like he is righteous in every shape, way, or form, and that everybody is wrong and he mm-hmm. is right. This is a dangerous man. Dangerous, and he is right where he should be in mm-hmm. prison. So he's referring to the discrepancies found in the testimonies of Yefram and Mahari, which I can kind of understand why he would consider mm-hmm. that to be a mitigating factor. But I personally don't think it is because it's kind of details that aren't that important. You know, all they need to know is that they saw ass shoot their family, period. Yeah. So he goes on in the letter to call the Maharis liars, claiming that they lied about their whereabouts on the night of Abraham's death. So he's still pressed. (laughs) Something that has nothing to do with his actual, you know, him actually being in jail. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, even if he did, even if they did have something to do with this, it would not be a mitigating factor in his case. You cannot kill someone just because they killed someone else. 
unfortunately <laughs> doesn't work like that yeah the letter basically didn't help him at all in no way shape or form honestly fast forward five years the first district court of appeals decided unanimously to overturn titty's conviction for what in a three to zero ruling, the court agreed that Judge Vernon Nakamura had wrongly allowed a police investigator to testify that he did not believe Titty's statement about the murders. So this this part of the case took me for a, a inappropriately disrespectful. <laughs> I can line. see, I can see how stressed out you are by the way you're rubbing your eyes, Kristen. <laughs> I cannot understand. I cannot understand. So listen to this. According to the court, witnesses are supposed to testify only about facts and should not state their opinions about another person's credibility. And the case against titties depended almost entirely on whether the jury believed him or not. Mm hmm. My question immediately is where are the cell phone records if the only physical evidence that they had was basically none and just eyewitness testimony, why didn't they check his cell phone records? But after I did a little bit more digging in the court documents, I found that they actually did have the records and the records showed that Titty placed two phone calls around the time of the murders. One was at 2.57 and another one was at 3.04 p.m. Mm -hmm. Both both calls were made to DeWitt Jabresselassi, which is another one of their brothers, who was believed to be at his mother's apartment with us mm -hmm. before the shootings happened. So the mm -hmm. calls only lasted for three seconds at most. Like the first call was three seconds. The second one didn't was zero seconds. Like they didn't even get on the phone. But I feel like it was still a signal because Duh. all you have to do is place the call. call. <laughs> Period. If I see a missed call from titties, I'm knowing something's up. Yep. And the part that stressed me out the most is getting on the stand. Aren't I supposed to share my belief about the case? Isn't my belief or my opinion literally all of my testimony as an investigator when I'm asked a certain question, especially when it comes to a murder suspect's statement like you mean to sit here and tell me that i can't even say i didn't believe the story that he told me when he told me yeah that's confusing because how many times have we heard a lawyer ask an officer and do you believe in that moment that he was mentally sane or incapacitated yes, um yes i believe he was or no you know what i'm saying how many times have we heard that being asked so what do you mean that they can't no. share their opinion that's why like i was rubbing my eyes like i'm 86 because i couldn't i couldn't even fathom that that's something that really was like oh well he gave his opinion so now this man is out so after his conviction was overturned it was sent back to the da's office for a possible retrial but instead titties pleaded no contest to three voluntary manslaughter charges and was then sentenced to 10 years in prison mm. so at at this time, he'd already spent 10 years in prison, so he just got to walk free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. Asmarum, however, is still serving his life, three life sentences in a California penitentiary. Well, how, how unsatisfying. I wanted to Wodris at least to be in prison for 15 years, at least, because from what they could prove, all they can prove is that he opened the door for ass. Yeah. Yeah. We can't really prove premeditation too much. I think at the right. minimum, 15 years. Yeah, because that's but, an accomplice. Yeah, It's an exactly. accomplice in premeditated murder. Mahari said that he thanks God every day for the gift his sister left him, which is his nephew, Isaac. Mm -hmm. And at the time of the interview, Isaac was 11 years old. And Mahari said he's starting to ask questions about like what happened to his parents, which is heartbreaking. And I'm sure they don't really want didn't really want to tell him you know but now in 2021 he's 17 years old and that's the same age as his uncle Giannis when he died which is so sad so fucking sad marhari also said that he feels another trial was deserved in titty's case and even went as far as to say that titty's was the real mastermind behind the whole damn crime mm, bro mm, mm, could you imagine that's why it doesn't always pay to run your mouth because 
<laughs> you run your mouth, you're making yourself all eyes on you. So if you do something, everybody's watching you. But if you're the sneaky one, if you shut yeah. your mouth sometimes, sometimes you can get away with stuff. And that's not to encourage that you be like that, but it just shows like you yeah. can be the, the main person to initiate everything. But because you're smart and you're quiet, you can skate away. Yeah. And 10 years was not enough. No, I don't think it was enough. And I know this case was a little bit shaky with the evidence in regards to it, but you can't sit here and tell me that you possibly didn't call your brother to let him know that it was on and popping. It's just, it's, it's just really hard to believe, but yeah, we could. Is, and the thing, the whole crazy part is we could be wrong. He really could have yeah. had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He could have so, been the snake in the grass or he could have been the sheep that just got caught up in the wolf's mouth. Yep. All facts. And that's the end of our case, you guys. That's the end of our case. Let us know what you thought about this case. Do you think Winter and her family had something to do with Abraham's death? Do you think ass and titties were off their damn rocker? Do you think titties deserves more time? I do. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, this will be a good combo to have. So definitely DM us, comment under the pictures that Kayla will post. Just let us know what you guys think so we can talk about it. Yes, yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for coming back like you always do. And if you ever forget this, I won't let you because I'm going to keep saying it. Be safe, protect your peace, and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you have a right to kill me. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me.